Careful what you wish for, you just might get it. The two table-topping best teams in the world did battle over the weekend with Floriet running out 3-2 wins over Perth Red Star. There was also City Liverpool blowout wins for Red Star and Freo in the women's competition. A screamer from Louise Tanner while Mother Tanner was screaming at my pronunciation, all that stately chat and more on this very special bumper episode of the Perth Football Podcast. And welcome to episode five. Can anyone say five in another language for me? Cinco? That was my one. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, song. Song. French. Very good. Learned a bit in high school. In Scottish? Five. <laughs> Very good. Uh, welcome uh, to episode five. That was uh, the last voice you heard there was Robbie Anderson. Robbie is in the studio for the first time. Robbie, Welcome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. We've also got Josh Triad over there. How you doing, Sean? And we've got Tommy Dolman. G'day, Sean. And producer Kalichi to my right. These are the starting four. This is the opening squad. Alex Novatsis was a late withdrawal, unfortunately, with uh, COVID. He's got the bug that uh, producer Kalichi had. So we wish uh, Alex all the best in his recovery, of course. Um, but we have so much to talk about, and this will not be... The starting lineup that finishes the game. We will be having some substitutes along the way. Uh, we've got some uh, women's MPL uh, representatives that will, uh, and some uh, uh, what was it? Some state league chat as well. We've yeah, we've really pushed the boat out, and it's it's going to be a big big treat for you. So we booked out the studio for about six hours. So settle in, get ready. Uh, it's going to be big. We're going to start with the men's MPL. We mentioned it in the intro there. The big game. The Floriot, Perth Red Star, called by our very own Tommy Dolman. Tommy, this was everything you wanted from the top of the table clash, wasn't it? 3-2 Floriot. They take the lead in the league by goal difference, and they've got a game in hand on Red Star now. Tell, tell us a bit about the game. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to this game all week, and it, and it didn't disappoint. Um, two teams who I fully expect to be competing at the top end of the table in season 2022. I think we can all agree on that based on the body of evidence that we've seen in the first few weeks of the season. And look, um, I thought that Perth Red Star started the game really well. They kept the ball um, and were really patient with it, actually. They were willing to not rush into things. And they kind of almost strangled Floriot out of the game for that for that early passage um, of the match. But then, and, and they got their goal as a result. Chockdoor, brilliant piece of control. Stunning excellent, volley, wasn't excellent it? Wow. volley as well. Amazing technique. He's actually just back from playing in the Czech second division. Um, oh, really? After after a couple wow. of years having been with Inglewood beforehand, so yeah, really good start from them. And then Florit just hit back. They they hung back. It they hung in there. They had a little moment. They had a little spell in the game. They got two goals. Bailey Brown Montgomery scored against his former club, having played with ECU Joondalup previously. And then the second half could have gone either way, really. It wouldn't have been a, an MPL season 22 without a Daryl Nickel goal. He did it again for a fourth straight week, much to no, Kel's delight. And then, um, and then um, the winner uh, came uh, who from got the winner? Sean's man, Robert Who got Peckoff. the winner? So, um, yeah, nice cross from Nick Ambrosio. A good header from Petkov. And Floriot held on despite a couple of late chances for Red Star late on. Daryl Nickel just wide of the post. And, um, yeah, there was a couple of late scares. But a really good game. And, and that's definitely the benchmark clash of let's this year get so it, far. Let's get it in early. We like to try and get Tommy to have an opinion on something uh, every week on this podcast. That uh, disallowed goal for Floriot in the second half. Uh, goalkeeper looking to control the ball. Looked to have it poked. Was it Phil Arnold? Poked it through his legs. Uh, it was bundled in on the line. And then it was... Chalked off. You, do you any idea what that was for? 
my, my initial reaction was that I thought it might have been offside because of the way that there was no sort of defender or there was only one defender and, and the goalkeeper. And I'm not sure what the rules are, and that's when we need Alex Novatsis in. So, well, I know what the rules are, so you can ask me. What are the rules, Sean? Well, the, the rules for, first of all, it couldn't have been offside because the player was behind the ball when it was, was played by Phil Arnold. Yep. Uh, and also the, the signal, and this is Alex Novatsis did give us the, the rundown on this. He said from the signal that the referee gave, it was definitely not given for offside. It was yep. for the goalkeeper um, being in possession of the ball. Did you think the goalkeeper was in possession of the ball or are you going to chalk this one down as a bit of a refereeing mistake? I, I probably thought that having, to your reasoning, that it wasn't offside, I think it probably should have been the goal. I'm not sure the goalkeeper had sufficient control of it. Sound the klaxon, Kalichi. But, but, um, Tommy Dolman slaughters uh, Football West referee. That, that'll that be the headlight. Oh, that's, a, that's a really strong opinion there, Tommy. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously the referee did go over to his assistant. They both conferred as well. So it was a joint decision from them as well. Um, I actually called it as a goal because David Bruce pointed back it, to the centre circle. Like that, as I, thought, I, so. I was I was watching at home and I saw that and I thought it, it was a, it was an awkward one. He sort of put his hand up and pointed, but it was he was obviously gesturing. In, in I that thought direction. I went the oh it's a goal oh oh no it's not. So uh, yeah, now that was um, now that was an interesting moment of the game and um, yeah that would have put um, that that would have put them back in front, but obviously um, they, they ended up getting the winning goal anyway, so they were all damaged on. Josh, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, can I just say, I've, I've seen that exactly twice, uh, so I don't know if I'm necessarily the best one to talk about that specific incident. That's never stopped anyone before. But I have played in goals before, and I know you're going to say, you think you think that I'm going to be like goalkeepers union, protect the goalkeeper. I'm not. I have no sympathy for goalkeepers who cannot control the ball, or who, well, not cannot. Yeah, I'm sure he's a good goalkeeper. He can control the ball, but for goalkeepers who don't control the ball in situations like that. And when a player puts a foot in, particularly a goalkeeper who gets like that little finger on the ball and says that they're under control of the ball, you've got to come in. You've got to clean that out. You've got to take control of the ball. You know, the goalkeeper's protected. That also means they can go in harder. And um, if, if you don't hold on to the ball there, I, I have no sympathy for you if the referee decides it is a goal. Absolutely. Uh, and for me, just for the record, 100% mistake. Should have been a goal, but they got the winner anyway. Uh, Robbie, any thoughts? I think it was probably it was a really high standard game, and you look at both of the teams um, going ahead this season. I think it's going to be a really good fight at the top from both of them. And um, Perth Red Star particularly have a really strong team. You know they have guys who have been there for quite a while, people that have come back in, guys like Sam Pollard who have came from the US college college system and came back in. It's going to be a big year for guys like them, and um, testing in games like that. I think it was a, a really really good game, and hopefully we'll get more of that going forward. I think a huge result for Floriot, you know, given that Sean McManus has just gone out for, for 10 weeks, that was looking like, you know, you don't want to think too much about the last couple of years where things have fallen apart for them. But obviously last year they started picking up a few injuries. The discipline started to go. The curse you mean, Sean? Well, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't believe in all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure neither does uh, Con and the, the gang down at uh, Floria. But uh, Tommy? Just quickly on that, they did have Jared Rezai back on the bench. He did actually come on for the final 20 minutes. So he was a player that started the season really well at Floriot. Scored six goals in the first um, nine or ten games last season as they were really good with that 12-game unbeaten run. So he'll add some much-needed depth to that of the unfortunate injury of McManus. Well, I'm still backing them for the league. They're still looking good at Floria. We'll go down the list, look at the other results before we uh, head on. Perth Soccer Club Sorrento, you were down at this one. Josh, this is one that our uh, mate not a forward is going to love. Bit of defending, the nil, defending, nil. The defending was absolutely sensational in this game. Any nil, nil draw. Who were the standout defenders? Because uh, Kalichi had a couple. 
Oh, Mark Barnett uh, from Sorrento. Maybe just check that first name for me. But yep. Mark Barnett from Sorrento, a couple of absolutely sensational blocks uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, Fester for uh, George Fester, yeah. George Fester for Perth. Real solid rock at the back. And um, uh, Sorrento started with Alex Morgan and uh, Gustavo Marilanda. Uh, up front, uh, when they did bring on uh, Scott Wichkey and, uh, or however Kalichi pronounces that name, uh, and uh, Chris Jackson, they were, they were a bit more mobile. They had fresh legs off the bench. They basically played in the low block for most of the game, but then towards the end, they came out of their shell. They really could have snatched a win there. Sorrento had three or four good opportunities, having not had much of the ball. Is that the one that uh, Kalich has been referring to as Scott Whiskey? Scott Whiskey. Is that the is that the guy? Because I'd, I'd love to get a pronunciation from from the man himself if next time we see him. Well, Kalichi reckons he's fine with whiskey. Well, if he says it, then then that's fine. I mean, there's other other people I'm sure that you dis- disagree with that on Kalichi, R- Robbie. I probably think a player that doesn't get spoken about enough that I really think is um, one of the best midfielders in the league is Dean Cummings. Uh, I think he's a great footballer. Mm. He has the previous experience in in Scotland, and that's not me I was being. I going to say he's a fellow Scotsman, um, isn't he? But. From watching his play, I feel like he's really comfortable and he, he holds that Sorrento team like glue in the midfield really well. You know, his brother is playing for Central Coast Mariners, um, Jason Cummins, um, who's doing is really that, well. Is that, so come, is that come dog? That is, is come that, dog. Is that him? That's the main man. So, you know, a very talented footballing family. But um, I think Dean Cummins is, again, is he going to be up for a big year? We'll have to wait and see. The, uh, the more said about that nickname, uh, the better. We'll uh, move down the, the list of results. There was a real uh, a shock up at Inglewood Stadium, and not so much a, a, a huge shock result, although I guess uh, Inglewood dropping points to Coburn, they, they wouldn't be wanting to do that. But certainly, when you go 2-0 up, uh, Tommy, in the 92nd minute, you don't expect to drop points, do you? That was outrageous. I, I, I think we all did the same thing. We all maybe checked our apps on, on Saturday afternoon after the game, and we um, we saw that it was 2-0 to Inglewood, and it looked as though it was going to be a routine three points. But, geez, Coburn just pulled a result out of the file. Amazing goal from from Jesse Lazaro as well. First that, up, Daniel Robinson to get them back in it, and then Jesse Lazaro. Yeah. It was a... I, I don't even know how you describe this one. If you haven't seen it, get on MPL.TV. If you haven't got an account, sign up, make an account, mm. just to go and watch this goal. He's gone, uh, the ball's out on the right near the corner flag, comes in and Jesse's running away from goal on the byline and he flicks a left-footed back heel chip over the keeper from an impossible angle. I, it's, it's goal of the season and I, we all have our different uh, tastes on goals of the season and, and we'll get to you in a second, Josh, for your t- uh, take on this. But for me... If anything is going to beat that, that bit of ingenuity, that Jesse Lazaro's goal of the year for me already. Yeah, so it's a bit like the the Riley McGree goal from a few years ago for uh, Newcastle Jets. But um, the incredible thing about that game is, you know, you can watch the highlights and it's literally just the injury time period, right? Yeah, exactly. Just the last four minutes of the game is all the highlights. Well, what a result. Huge, huge for Coburn. That's their first point of the season in, in two games and... Yeah, you, you, you know, you lose your first game, you go 2-0 down. They didn't have the greatest season last year. You can start to think, well, here we go again. But that, that's got to do a lot for, for the, the morale down there at Coburn. He literally just took the words out of my mouth, to be honest, Sean. Now, yeah, we've not really given a lot of love to Coburn this season, mainly because they haven't played. They obviously didn't play their first <laughs> two games. Um, they had a, a loss to Bayswater, which um, I, th- I think you were at, Josh, and, and Kalichi as well. Um, and I obviously didn't see that game in full. But you just don't know what a, what a – 
a result in those circumstances can do for your season. They've got a very young team there. They've got a lot of senior players still out with injury. And hopefully Mirko Yelisic could use this as a um, a bit of a platform now for the weeks to come as they look to try and get their first win and beyond. I, yeah. think, he, I think he could be too quick, quick to judge as well. Like you said, they missed their first two games because of COVID. They had players that were recovering from COVID last week. Uh, none of these, you know, it's a 22-week season, 22-game season. None of these games, uh, none of these teams you can judge off one or two performances. Well, if you were judging Sterling off two performances, they were looking like they were going to be up there challenging. Still might be, uh, but they came up against a Perth Glory side, a young Perth Glory side that, as we all know, when they turn up, they can almost be unbeatable. If they're having a bad day, you can beat them 5-0. It's, it's the same uh, really with the NTC side in the in the women's NPL. Uh, we mentioned that quite a lot, but this was one of the days when they were on and Josh and Nasmo, I, I only saw the, the the highlights of this, but every time I see him play, he is just so big and strong and quick, and he seems to have everything you want in a forward player. Um, he was lively. He was involved, but a 3-0 result, which leaves Sterling with a negative goal difference. Uh, still sitting in, in fifth spot, but, yeah, that's not a, not a great result for them. Did anyone else catch any of that? I think the thing with the glory is, is they're probably the big wild card of the season, to be honest. You look at all the players that they've got playing in the A-League men's competition at the moment. We don't know how many of those players are going to come back to MPL level as the season wears on. But if they come into that team and the glory find themselves within that top four mix early on, they may be a little bit off the mark with regards to chasing Florida and Perth Red Star, who I think is the consensus top two at the moment. But there's no reason why they can't push for a finals place again, particularly with those players coming back in. And as you say, Sean, the likes of Joshua Masmo, um, incredible he's such raw ability and I just can't wait to see how he develops as a player and one of my favorite players in the league and Chris Donnell just keeps getting better and better every week I think he's a super player and, and yeah one of the players I'm really excited at for the glory and another Scotsman which Robbie would like as well yeah, you guys are everywhere I actually think again as you said Perth Glory what a really great win for them but Sterling's defense is a quite experienced defense and to break them down the way they did is you have to give them all the plaudits, and I think if they can continue to do that again, um, they'll, they'll pick up the results. Perth Glory. Yeah, the uh, con- uh, what's the word? Consistency is is always the issue uh, with that with that Perth Glory side. We're going to wrap it up soon. We only got a couple of minutes left. We do want to mention, uh, obviously, Bayswater City Guell up Croatia was the other game. That one ended two two, uh, but that game and Sterling a bit of naughty boy action. We'll get to that later. Your man Cyril Sharrick. Didn't, didn't see exactly what he, well, didn't see what he said. Couldn't quite hear what he said. Said something to a referee, got his first yellow card. And James Bosdard as well after conceding the third, uh, picked up a yellow card just seconds after. That was off screen. So the, the, the boys that we expected, they are getting up there. They are getting the bookings, which is always exciting. Uh, we're going to wrap up part one. Any other final thoughts from any of you uh, in the men's NPL? Just uh, a couple of the young players, I think, uh, in that Perth Sorrento game, Joe Tweets uh, and Josh Carla, both of them. We've got uh, interviews on, on the Perth Football Podcast Facebook page that you can check out. Both played in centre midfield and, and really stood out. Josh Carla, only uh, 17, started the season as a 16-year-old for Perth SC. That's, uh, that's sensational how well he's fit into that side. All right, well, that is the men's NPL wrap-up. We'll be back with the women's NPL in part two and special guest. Monique Diopra from Valcata Etna will be joining us in the studio. Back with that. And we're back for part two. Joined in the studio, substituting in for Robbie Anderson, is Monique Diopra from Valcata Etna Football Club. Monique, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me tonight. No, you are more than welcome. Uh, you're doing us a, 
Absolutely solid. We said we need some uh, women's voices to have an actual player from the NPL come into the studio, give up their time. We really, really appreciate it, Monique. So uh, this section, before we get into all the, the results over the weekend, I mean, we kicked off on Friday night with a cracking NTC uh, Perth game that, that you and I were at. Uh, well, all of us were at, actually, um, except for you, Monique. We didn't see you there. Yeah, you were probably preparing for uh, your game against Mum FC on, on Sunday. Oh, that's two-day preparation. You probably don't need that long. Anyway... Uh, this is where I should say just start again, Kalichi, but no, no, we'll, all my mistakes will just stay in. Monique, uh, we want to talk to you. Thank you so much again for coming in. Balcata Etna has been a huge part of your life. We know this. I was just asking you before how long you've been at the club. Do you want to tell everyone how long you've been? I didn't realize it was that long because I've, I've been covering the game uh, with Tommy in Perth for maybe three, four, five years now, and you've always been there you've always been a name that I've, I've seen on team sheets and, and I've seen you play a bunch of times but how long have you been at Balcata? So this year actually marks my 10th year at Balcata Etna. 10 year anniversary and how old are you if, if you don't mind me asking is that rude? It is but answer anyway. I'm 23. 23 so that is almost half of your life at this football club it must mean a lot to you then uh, it must be a special club uh, for you for, for women's football I guess that if you've stayed there for that long. Yeah Balcata is a great club and we're always have a place in my heart. Um, moving there as a junior player under the coach of Lisa Tana in the under-15s team. I stayed there for a year and then quickly transitioned into the senior team after one year of juniors. So being in the senior team and having experienced players lead me all the way to where I am now is what is why I'm still there and I hope to provide that pathway to all young girls who want to come to Balcatta and develop as I did in the senior team um, and move and move forward well, it's as, a quite, as a player. Quite a young age to be a leader at the club now, but it, if you've been there for that long, do, do you feel that? Do you feel a bit of a responsibility now as as a leader of, of the club? But Absolutely, I do. It's, it's an honour to be seen as a leader in my team and have new players come in and recognise that I have been at the club for some time now and then you know, pass on any, any information that I can or anything about the game towards them is something that I take with absolute pleasure. Uh, so let's look towards this season coming up. Uh, fantastic pre-season. Uh, we were all down at the night series final against, uh, well, the Northern Redbacks at the time, now, now Perth Red Star. Uh, took them to extra time. It was a really grueling uh, match. And then heading into the season, you've kicked off with a couple of losses. We mentioned a lot and we've asked people, we've asked coaches, we asked uh, Luke Thompson uh, from RMFC when he was in here. Once you start getting to the later stages of that night series, do you start taking it more and more seriously? Are you guys feeling a bit of the negative effects of of going all the way in that, having a really grueling uh 120 minutes against the Redbacks and then coming up against the Perth side who we know uh, have designs to be at the top of the table when they've had a week off. Did, does, has that affected the start of the season for you guys? I think it has. We had quite a tough night series campaign looking back on it. Red, Northern Redbacks in the first round and then, you know, in the semi final we had Fremantle who are an amazing team on paper as well. And then again, having the Northern Redbacks in in the final and then having to play out a full game and then into the into the extra time as well was grueling and then having to back that up against Perth SC in round one who who are again are a co top quality team um, yeah so I think we are feeling it you know physically and mentally and then 
you know, where can we find some form now and regroup as a team and take on what we can and what we've learnt in the in the first two rounds um, into the remainder of the season. And Bowcatter aren't immune to this. A lot of teams have undergone change this season, not just in the playing roster, but also in in the coaching positions as well. I know Steve Atkins has come in to the club this season. It's a little bit of a different blend with the coaching setup for you guys. You've added some quality as well. The likes of Tana Campos, Monique Prinsloo, a few others have sort of come into the squad as well. Is there an element that those parts are still gelling and that we've Obviously, you made the night series final, but there's still that betting in period where we are waiting to see the best form of Balcata. Yeah, we have had some great additions into the team this year, some quality players that bring flair and different elements to the game. Um, they are they are new to the team and they have fitted the culture really well. It's just gelling as a team and practicing tactics and performing together that will that will make us be able to perform along the longevity of the season. I'm just wondering uh, in terms of the players you've got at the club, a lot of those new players have come in that they've either come from uh, NTC or or they're fairly experienced players. Are there any young players that you think are really going to be standing out this year or or who are coming through that that you think fit that mould as a a future Balcata Aetna style? Yeah, we have picked up a few Players with with talent, um, Monique Prinsloo from NTC, who was leading goal scorer for them last year. Hopefully, we can get her up top, scoring some goals for us. Um, Mia Yeo has come across from Frio uh, City, who again has some talent and just needing to settle into the team and you know find some form up front that we're looking for. Again, EJ Joust in in the back line, who is building her experience as as a player and, you know, brings lots of talent to the back line. So all these young players building experience. Uh, we, uh, you, it, listeners, you've just missed uh, some of the most dexterous, nimble uh, footwork from producer Kalichi. The pizzas have rocked up in the studio. So he's crawled out on his hands and knees and done a fantastic job. So uh, I'm producer Sean right now. And producer Sean is just going to throw over to you, uh, Tommy, for one more question before we move into a little uh, women's NPL wrap. Uh, Kalichi's back. Do you want to crawl back in, uh, Kalichi? Go on. You, you did it one way. Do it the other way as well. Uh, Tommy. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you as well, you're obviously a part of the the, the defensive line with, with Balcatta as well, and, and you're playing sort of in front of Gabby, who's um, such a real leader at that that club for you. She's obviously part of that Balcatta culture. So um, I, I suppose what, what, what does it mean to sort of have a, a player like her being such the leader that she is? And, and obviously, what better role model is there for, for these young players that are coming through to learn off the likes of yourself and, and Gabby that have been with the club for a number of years? So Gabby also played her 150th game for the club yesterday as well. So an absolute asset to have into it in our team. Um, she provides, you know, a massive leadership role with her extensive experience at a young Matilda's level, at an NTC level and at a Balcatta first team level. She knows what it takes to get to the top and she's more than willing to, to lead others into reaching that step as well. Well, Gabby's one that we've uh, had contact from the club for that, that would love to be involved. So we're hoping to get her in uh, at some point to have a chat with us. Uh, we'll all look forward to that. Let's get on to the action on the weekend. Obviously, Balcatta, two losses now on the bounce. Uh, it's going to be... Obviously something that the girls are going to have to turn around. It was uh, a 1-0 at Grindleford Reserve uh, against Murdoch University, Melville. Uh, 
what is what's the what's the feeling like now at the club with with two losses? Who do you play next week, and and how are you getting back on your feet? So we have a week off, oh, which lovely. is what we need at the moment. We're gonna use that week to regroup. Have some train. Easter chocolate. Um, you know, work hard at training and work on some things that we need to address moving forward into the season. And then we have NTC away uh, the week following Easter. So another tough battle, but we've got some time to prepare and we'll be more than ready to take them on and hopefully get our first three points of the season. So talk to us about the game on the weekend. One, one nil. Uh, how'd the game pan out? Um, so we had Murdoch. Um, unfortunately, I didn't play in the last time we had... Uh, Murdoch in the night series fixture um, so um, we knew it was going to be a tough battle they uh, were held to a draw by Subi in the first round so tactically Murdoch were a bit different to what we expected um, and essentially we weren't ready for it so um, they Poppy put away a header in front of goals and we just couldn't find the back of the net up front. We did have our opportunities, um, but we finished 90 minutes without a goal. Well, so. she's, yeah, she's some player. We talked about her last week, uh, Poppy, and she really needs to, is taking the reins for that Murdoch side with all the all the players that are going. And I think I mentioned how good she was in the air. Not that I want to take credit for the goal, but um, it might have had an, might have had an influence there. Uh, Josh? Oh, I, I saw that I saw that goal today, and it's actually a really, really, really good header because it's a little bit behind her. It's really tough to get enough power on it to trouble the goalkeeper. So to get it into the bottom corner from where she did, uh, really good opportunity, I think, for young players to look at the technique she used to actually get the power behind the header to get it in. Yes, yeah, superb talent. Uh, other results, a couple of expected results probably in Perth Red Star, 6-1 against Curtin. Although it was 1-1 at halftime, I think, uh, Tommy, we were up watching the uh, NTC Perth game and you were texting me at halftime saying, geez, there might be an upset here, Curtin, uh, Red Star. Not the case. 6-1 in the end. So five second half goals of Red Star. Fremantle City uh, turning over Subiaco 4-1 as well. Obviously the much stronger side as we all expected. But uh, let's talk a little bit about this NTC Perth game because we were all at this game and it was game. it was probably the best, uh, it's the best NPL game I've seen this year. One of the best games I've I've seen it was so entertaining and so end to end. Uh, Josh and I were were in the booth doing the commentary. Tommy, you just got to sit back with a beer and enjoy it, and you did enjoy it, didn't you? I did. Um, there was a little bit of everything, wasn't there? There was long range goals. There was goals direct from a corner. Um, there was sideways rain, which made it very difficult both for us to watch with a beer in hand and also. Um, um, to, to sort of see the players on the pitch. So I don't know how, how well, how the girls sort of did out on the field. Um, it must be, must be really difficult when, when you are dealing with those conditions as, as Monique probably can attest to having, having played in them a little bit on Sunday, but yeah, what a game, just, just two teams who were intent on pressing. Pete Rackage sort of brought that Murdoch University Melville title winning football to Perth. You're starting to see little signs of that coming through already. They've got some NTC players as well, who are sort of growing into that mold and the NTC know one way and of playing as, as you guys touched on on the call. And it makes for very entertaining football because they're so open at the back, but they really do go forward with a punch when they do find those spaces out wide and in between the lines. Yeah, well, we spoke to Ben Anderson after the game. He was talking about, we, we really noticed, Josh, the, the the pressing. We've always watched NTC games and said they want to play it out from the back. They don't want to just lump it. They want to learn how to play football and develop some talent. But 
but that press was was like I haven't seen from them before. And he mentioned that's that's been their focus in the preseason. So I mean, eagle eye, Josh, you were right on it. But that was really impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very uh, off ball performance from from the Hyundai NTC, and probably one of, if not the most important wins they've had since the MPLW competition started. You got to remember they went down five nil. Uh, quite tamely to Perth Red Star last week. Um, so to come out and put in a performance like that, especially after going behind uh, to an early goal, really well taken finish by Jamie Duncanson, mm. but going behind to an early goal against the runner play, the way they got themselves back in it by pressing off the ball. And one player to really point out, Olivia Truman, she did not let anybody sleep that game, yeah. playing on the right wing. She kept coming inside and taking on the centre back. She actually robbed the goalkeeper, Rebecca Bennett, for, for the first Well, I was going to say, you can't, you can't have a better uh, <laughs> goal coming directly as a result of a press than pressing a goalkeeper and having it ricochet back in off you because you charge it down. And it was, it was like, a, like a rugby uh, a player just trying to charge down a punt and uh, yeah, ricocheted into the back of the net. And, and then they had uh, the winner, I think we, uh, I called it, I made the mistake. I think I said it was Grace Johnston uh, taking the corner and it was... Uh, Georgia Cassidy. Georgia the, Cassidy, the yeah. So we, we did have that sideways rain, as Tommy was talking about. So making out the eight and the six uh, with my glasses under the uh, the lights at Floriot. It's, uh, yeah, I apologise, Georgia. It was uh, yeah, your goal. I, you didn't mean it anyway, so you don't really deserve credit for it. <laughs> but uh, but you got it. Uh, and then, but the goal before that... Um, Louise Tana came off the bench uh, and there is some things that the, we, we mentioned that the rain would, would assist them, would, would help the NTC because Perth were making mistakes at the back. Now this came from a mistake. It was a poor pass back, but the, the, the sheeting rain doesn't help you strike a ball like Louise did. And, and I'm really glad as I, as I mentioned on, uh, on Instagram uh, later in the week that her mum was on the balcony when she came on and I said, uh, Louise, uh, ta- Tanner, what did I say? Tanner. Louise Tanner. Louise Tanner was coming on and uh, mum sitting there to my left. It's Tana. <laughs> and so thank you, mum, for that. So I had it right when we uh, when we called the goal. What a goal. Like That was just a, a crisp hit in the rain. Tommy? Yeah, it was unreal. Um, as I said, I just wanted to come back on the conditions. I know it's still quite early in the season and I sort of asked Monique this. I sort of hinted it a little bit before in my last answer, but how difficult is it particularly early in the season when you are still getting up to that match speed and that match fitness to then come out and have to deal with conditions like that? Is it heavier on the legs a little earlier than you expect? And in terms of your game plan, do you sort of have to adjust a little bit in game to deal with the conditions a little bit more than you'd hope to when you're trying to get that rhythm going? Yeah, so th- I guess that's what's the warm the warm ups for is just using that time to acclimatize to to what you can in that short amount of time that you haven't prepared for in training. So, I think we've seen it this year. We've we've had warm conditions and we've had raining conditions as we did on the weekend. So, you're not sure what you're going to get, and you know the rain definitely added some ball speed and on the surface of of the rough grass um, on pitches like Floriot and at Grindleford you know, they're just things that you need to, to be ready for. And I've just got to say that like for people who don't know about the MPL men's MPL women's competitions, there's so many great storylines that run through these games. So there was a bit of a master's and a master and apprentice storyline there with uh, Ben Anderton and Peter Rackage. So Peter used to be Ben's uh, Mm. assistant back in the Queens park days before the MPL competition started. And then Peter took over from Ben uh, when, I think it's we can fairly say most of that team moved over to Murdoch University Melville and, and Peter won the the MPL title with them. So really interesting. Uh, potentially uh, Peter was outfoxed uh, by the mentor. Well, we'll uh, th- those were your words, uh, Josh. Now 
Before we move on, we're going to get on to the uh, State League. We've got a, another special guest to talk about there, and then we'll get on to some European football. Monique, just a couple more questions while we've got you in here in the studio. Uh, one of the fans' favourite segments is our Naughty Boy, Naughty Girl uh, segment that we get to uh, for all the players that have picked up bookings. How many red cards have you picked up in your career at Balcatta? I've never actually picked up a red card in my time as a player. Any Come yellow? On, guys. I have picked up a yellow. Um, it was a cheeky yellow card. What um, was it for? Cheeky yellow. I did score a goal, and then in the very next play, the same player beat me. So it was just a cheeky put shirt tug. Um, wasn't in a dangerous zone. It was just near the halfway line. So right, a so yellow card I copped. You know you're probably getting sent off next uh, game now that you've said that. But uh, anyway, a very uh, well-behaved uh, member of Balcata Retina. Uh, and finally... Uh, I know you've probably got a few answers for this and, and feel free to, to talk your way through them, but who is the toughest opponent that you have come up against in terms of the player uh, in the NPL? Tough question. There are a few players who, who bring different elements to the game and who have to prepare for differently. Names like Tia Stonehill, you know, you, you know she's going to love a 1v1, Ta technically very good on the ball. Larissa Walsh from Perth Bread Star, she's very quick. Um, you don't want to get into a running race with her. Um, and then players like Tanisha Baker from Perth SC. She has a great left foot, loves a 1v1. So um, those those players are definitely a tough, but um, definitely ready for the matchup when it yeah. comes. All right, so hedging your bets, you, you'll uh, you'll get on well with Tommy. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Monique. We, we might um, grab you in for a bit of one of the latest things. We're not quite sure yet. We're still... Uh, letting a manager make some uh, late changes, but we really appreciate you coming in. So thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. We will be back uh, shortly with some State League action and Joondalup City coach. I've already forgotten his last name, Brad. Hayward. There we go. Thank you, Tommy. We'll be back with Brad in part three. Welcome back to part three of the Perth Football Podcast. No, this isn't Sean Fry. It's me, your boy. I'm back. And we've got special guests in the building representing PTs everywhere and Joondalup City Football Club. We've got Brad Hayward, who's come along with Robbie. Brad, how you doing? Very good, mate. Very good. Apparently, you've got a penalty story for us. I've got an absolute doozy for you. So a uh, little throwback to back in the day, playing a bit of ball with uh, our man Tommy Dolman. Do I need to leave the room? The Tommy Dolman. <laughs> the Tommy Dolman. He used to be a bowler. And by bowler, I mean he couldn't kick the ball. But, you know, it's... So harsh, Brad. Yeah, well, this is this is why I'm here, just to give Tommy his moment. Um, so it's a big one, you know. It's a cup semi-final. I think it was like the amateur reserves or something like that. You know, a real glory-type cup final or cup semi-final. I make my penalty, the third one. Where'd, where'd you put it? I put it pretty much down the middle, but it was low and hard. Look, keeper did get an elbow to it, but it still went under. It's fine. It goes in the back goes of the in, It goes in. Tommy steps up to take the fifth and final one to keep us in H it. Hang on a minute. That was that was Nathan Bennett. I don't mean it out him, but I was closer to seven or eight. But yeah, I'll let you continue. So this penalty, right? Tommy, just so you know, he's got creative license here, mate. <laughs> crowd goes silent. We're playing Gosnell, so there's like five people in the crowd. It goes dead quiet. Tommy steps up. I'm thinking, my boy's going to put it here. Top corner. He's going to put us through. What happens? What happens? Big glove. Done. That's it. So what you're saying, it wasn't really Tommy's fault, right? Tommy's done the job, but the keeper's just arrived. 
I never looked at it that way, Robbie, but yeah, I, I like that. I like it that was, view. It was so bad when we went for a beer afterwards, we couldn't find Tommy for almost two weeks. Uh, you know, my, this is the first time I've seen him since that moment. So. My, <laughs> my question is, how how high was it? Was it a good height for the keeper? Was it really, really low? No, it was a perfect height for the keeper. The keeper basically just went, it was, thank it you It was a much. tame penalty. I, I, to be honest with you, the goalkeeper threw me. He dived early to his right, and I thought, and he was diving the way I was putting the penalty mentally. So mm. I've tried to adjust. I've not adjusted well. I've gone straight down the middle, comfortable height for the goalkeeper. And yeah, end of story. See you two weeks later. Okay, just being polite for those of you who do not know who your boy is, it's Kalichi Osama, producer Kalichi. I've jumped in to take a little bit of a break for Sean. It's a tactical substitution by the gaffer. Um, we're joined with Robbie. Robbie, say hello again. Hello, hello. The two voices that you heard earlier, of course, were Brad and were Mr. Football himself, Tommy Dolman. Now, we wanted to get Brad in here, not just because he's a fan of the show and he's commented, which isn't the reason why we got him in here. It's because he's also a coach and his team are going to be part of hopefully one of the cup sets in the Australia Cup round four. Talk to us about the game. Talk to us about what the feeling is at the club right now, because I'm sure you're pretty excited to have an NPL scalp, uh, well, a chance to get an LPL, NPL scalp. Jesus, that was tough. Yeah, well, look, we've had a lot of changes. So I think when Robbie and I were counting them up the other week, we've had 14 players that have left. We've had 11 come in. We've had four promoted from the reserves. So it's pretty much a brand new squad. Uh, we haven't had the best start. We've had two losses, uh, one win against Wanneroo, which is my old club, to start us off. Um, but the important result then? It was a very important result. But uh, since then, the results have sort of not been where we want them. The football's been good. Um, and, you know, Inglewood coming to Fortress Iluka, it's going to be a tough game for them. You know, Ash Corker has been telling me, oh man, all I'm ready for is Inglewood. All I'm ready for is Inglewood. So I know it's ready. What's the preparation going to be like for the boys? Because, I mean, we played, we, uh, I played for North Perth and we had uh, Armadale in the FFA Cup last year. And that's all everyone could think about for a couple of weeks. And we had specific formations and tactics for that game. So what's that going to be like? Because I'm sure it's going to be a bumper crowd coming down to Iluka. Look, it's a big game, but to be honest, we're focusing on Swan, which we've got this weekend. Um, Swan have also got an interesting game. Um, I think they're playing Guelup at home in the in the cup, and Swan's a hard place to go and get um, get a victory. So for us, it's it's focus on that first in the league, then we'll be focusing on Inglewood after that. Um, but you know, Swan Swan's pitch is probably one of the smallest in the league. If you're not there to play football, it's going to be hard to break them down. So we're going to have to we're going to have to go there, get result, hopefully show Guelup how to do it, which is the plan. <laughs> and uh, then focus on Inglewood when they come to see us. Look, just going to go through the fixtures for the Australia Cup Round 4. We've got, as we said, right at the top, Joondalup City FC versus Inglewood United SC. We've got Perth AFC versus Coburn City. Uh, we've got Perth SC versus Rockingham City. We've got the Red Stars versus Sorrento, which is a derby up top, the Northern Derby, I'm sure, Tommy. Yeah. It's going to be spicy. We've got Emerald FC, or the winners versus Emerald FC and Jaguars versus Balcat Etna, which will be spicy because we'll have Sunday League versus MPL once again. Oh, that's going to be delicious. Uh, we've also got Mum FC versus Southwest Phoenix, Gosnell City versus Armadale, Swan United versus Gwellup Croatia, as you said earlier there, Brad. We've got Curtin University versus Kingsley Westside, Quinns FC versus Western Knights, winner of Dana Blues and Ashfield, another MPL versus Sunday League game. That should be spicy. Playing the winner of, uh, well, playing South Perth United. We've got Balga versus Balajura, um, which should be a spicy one. Thanks to Michael Hoy, who's been helping us out. We've got Forest Field United versus Junelot United. Sterling Macedonia versus Florida Athena, which should be a spicy game. And the MPL teams taking on each other. Wanneroo City versus Bayswater City. 
Mandra City FC versus the winner of UWA Netherlands and Northern City. Gentlemen, any upsets that you think might happen, Robbie? Um, for, for me, the game that sticks out straight away is Gosnells City versus Armadale. Um, Gosnells have done really, really well in the FFA Cup, now Australia Cup, in recent years last year, um, knocking out NPL side Rockingham at the time. Um, and they've already knocked out a really strong team in Olympic Kingsway. In the last round, they now go on to take on Armadale, and they'll be really up for it. You know, um, Gosnells have got a, traditionally a, quite a strong team, and being coached by Mark Anthony, um, you know, ex-Celtic, played professional football in Scotland, come over here to Australia, um, Perth Glory now on to management with Gosnells. So, you know, they have good experience, and they've done it in the Cup before, and, um, yeah, they'll be right up for it against um, Armadale. I think that'll be a cracker game in terms of the atmosphere as well because Gosnell fans and Armadale fans, oh, that should be spicy. Mm, get the clackers out. Any, uh, any upsets that you think? Yeah, I don't know about an upset, but I think what an opportunity for Balladur and, and for Balga as well. Yeah, that, that's a big for, one. For, bo- for one of those teams to get through the next round that and, and possibly draw uh, an MPL club or, or even a team another team where they perhaps fancy their chances of advancing, this is a... A real game, which I think both of those teams will look at and think we can progress to the next round. We can get a real good cup run to sort of a to run adjacent to our league campaign and build a little bit of momentum through the rest of the year with that. So yeah, that's a really good opportunity for that for both of those sides. Yeah, exactly. Tell me, I mean, everyone thought Maddington were going to go and have a bit of a cup run. They were sort of everyone's favourites. Balladur has beat them, and now all of a sudden, you know, Balladur could be beating Balga. Um, great, great statement for um, Sunday League football if they can make that. While we've got you here, let's let's talk a little bit more about the state league. So, give us an idea of, of who the favourites are in the league. Uh, teams that you you feel are real well, dangerous to play. Teams that uh, give you a difficult time, but also players that you know give us a chance to go out there and watch and say, look, this person is actually a real quality footballer um, playing in the state league has a bright future. So, someone like Louis Carlish. Yeah, Louis, Louis my boy. Um, shout out to Louis Carlish there. Um, look, I mean. Curtin are the surprise package in State League Div 2 at the minute. No one really saw them, although they had a good night series. No one don't, saw don't them. Don't say that. Themselves. Campbell's going to get a big head. Oh, man. You know, if, uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, to be fair to them, they've been coming along year by year. They've been getting better and better. And, you know, it's great to see a club, you know, starting to put something together. But surprise package. For me, I was uh, I was thinking that Morley were going to be the team to win Div 2. Mm. They're a bit like us. They haven't had the best starts. They got beat 1-0 by Ashfield on the weekend, which was a big surprise. Um, so, really, I mean, Div 2 is looking like it's a really open league this year. Um, you've got Wanneroo City that have only got a point, I think, at the minute. So, you know, it's it's a it's a tough league. And, and Kingsley Westside as well, who who obviously did pretty well last season. Had it not been for a rampant Dinella White Eagles team, they probably would have caught themselves in with a chance of maybe um, earning earning a promotion last season. They're obviously building a new facility as well. They they've sort of undergone a bit of a merger with Westside as well, and just a really well run club. And and uh, and you guys obviously found that out firsthand at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we got a nice early goal against them. Um, and as soon as we got the goal... They scored too early. Yeah, I think that was it. You know, they, they, they had a great great little breakaway. Look, I mean, in my opinion, I'm always going to always gonna be biased, but I think there was a foul on the build-up. They managed just to score from that breakaway play. Um, second goal, there was maybe a dubious handball on the line, but you know what? Ref didn't see it. Cancels a goal. Uh, the third goal was, um, was a big mistake for us. Uh, goalkeeper grounded the ball, played it to the centre-back who thought he was taking a kick, touched the ball, penalty. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, that one, that one's got to hurt. We did manage to come back, get it back to 3-2, came straight back out after half-time. They scored a brilliant header and, you know what, game over 4-2. In, in terms of 
Joondalup City, Brad, that's obviously the reason we've got you in. What's What do you feel is working? I know it's a very small sample size and it's too early to draw sweeping conclusions, but can you sort of give us a little bit of an insight into the team and, and the club and what's worked really well so far early into the season? You've obviously had that FFA or the Australia Cup win against Bustleton as well, a good away trip for the boys. Um, and, and perhaps what are some of the things you'd also like to improve on as well, both short-term and long-term as the season wears on? Look, I think for Ginlap City, the best thing about us at the minute is that we've got the, the association with everyone. We are an international academy partner. Um, all of the coaches in the State League and the NPL have regular catch-ups with um, Paddy, who's the, the lead of the academy there. He gives us a great insight into how professional clubs run, and we take that into our, into our training sessions. Um, but we're also trying to do things a little bit different. So we've got under-18s, we've got the under-23s, and they've both had great starts to the year. Those young boys are going to come through, develop more and more and more over the next few years, and hopefully be first-team players. And uh, is there a chance that we're going to get to see you pull the boots back on as a, as a player coach as the season wears on? Brad, I know what you're like. I know you've got that competitive streak in you. Um, is there a chance that you're going to sort of get a little bit itchy in the dugout? You're, gonna, you're kicking every ball in the sideline anywhere, anyway. Are you tempted to put the boots back on, perhaps? Look, the only time I touch the ball is when it comes out of play and I quickly grab it. That's about it. How's your touch when it comes into you? I'll have to send you the video of the one from the other week. It was special. <laughs> all right. Look, that's all the time. Before we go, any uh, any other quick mentions, Robbie? Um, not at all, no. Um, I think we've covered it really well. I'd probably add that um, State League Division 1, I think, is probably going to be the most competitive league in Western Australia this year. Um, some really good quality across the board and a good few teams in there who could um, cause some good upsets. Western Knights had a really good result on the weekend as well. Western Knights, Olympic Kingsway, Subiaco looking strong, Diane Element, they have a strong team. Um, Mandurah are really strong. You know, there's there's not many teams you can go wrong with and I'm looking forward to watching more of the, the live streams that come out of State League Div 1. Well, look, that's all the time we have for part three. We'll be back with European action, including Manchester City versus Liverpool. Ronaldo being a very, very naughty boy. And uh, we might even get a chance to talk about Manchester United, just for you, Brad. No? No. no. <laughs> well, well, we'll try. Come on, Atoffies. See you in a sec. And just before we dip our toes back into the pool, that is part four. We've got our lovely sponsors to thank the wonderful people down here at Hush Connective. If you want to do your own podcast, this is a beautiful little podcast studio. Fully all-purpose. You come in, they'll set it up on the couch for you if you want. You can come into the booth if you want. Uh, it's it's all done for you. They can even produce and, and sh help you with the uh, releasing of it. So make sure you look up Hush Connective in Victoria Park. If you are that way inclined, also Physio for All and uh, the wonderful people at Mind Body Lounge. We are giving away another free physio consult down in Oakford at Physio for All or a free cryotherapy treatment. Uh, we gave one away last week. We're giving another one away this week. And the winner was Sharon Corden. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast, Sharon you are our lucky winner this week. Just get in touch with the page and we will sort out uh, your choice, physio treatment or a uh, yeah, cryotherapy treatment if you like the cold. If you don't, go with the physio treatment. Uh, that's it. We'll be back with part four. Hey, soul sister, welcome back for part four. If you don't know why we're singing that song, look up Robbie Anderson, the voice on YouTube. We've got Robbie Anderson back in. Thanks for jumping back in, Rob. Uh, Brad Haywood and... Uh, Josh Chyatt to talk European football. But before we get to that, Kalichi, it's time for a quick update on... Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Poor girl. Now,
or girl. Naughty boys and girls. It was only, there's not as many naughty girls as we know in the NPL, but we did have one. Uh, Josh, do you remember who that was in the NTC Perth? Whoa. Coming off the bench with a little bit of bat chat. Yeah, Jess- um, Jessica Byrne. Jessica Byrne, that's right. Uh, and Monique uh, Diopra, who was in before, said she was not surprised to hear that. But apparently Jess... Mm. Is can be a bit naughty on 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 the reg, uh, but yeah, there's not too much else to go through. Your sister still leads with that naughty red card last week, Robbie. Um, but in the meds, <laughs> I tell you, oh, I've got, I've got. She, she was lucky; she was unable to play in the week just gone. Well, yeah, well, she can't. She gave she her can't a bit of a breather. Get any yeah. more points? Yeah, she'll be back. Just with rest her. the legs, you know. Yeah, she'll be back with her naughty antics next week. Uh, in the men's, it's very, very tight. Uh, at the top, we've got Gwellup, Croatia, and Bayswater City leading the way on 12 points apiece. I think Rob uh, Tommy's pick uh, was Gwellup, and yeah, they, they're uh, they're right up there. Bayswater City's uh, Declan Hargraves back from a uh, suspension, uh, and then straight into the book again. First game back. Uh, now I believe was it Declan who got the the yellow for kicking the ball at the player on the ground in round one. Now. Uh, Josh Nixon actually got in touch. So quick clarification. I've made the first mistake of my life uh, in that round one uh, description of what happened there. Apparently he was already booked. And the reason it looked like he was showing two yellow cards in quick succession was uh, there was a foul for an, from another Bayswater player before he uh, booted the ball. So the, the Bayswater player that made a bad foul uh, got a yellow and then Declan got another yellow for, for booting the ball. And that was his second. So oh, I thought it was for back chat, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, so just to clear that up, but... Yeah, straight back and straight back into the action. So well done, Deck. Uh, Aiden Formston also with one red card and one booking, uh, and Jacob Muir at the Glory. So those three, the naughtiest boys so far. Special mention, of course, for uh, Cyril Sharrick, who got his second yellow of the season. Uh, now let's go on to our other naughty boy. Kalichi alluded to it at the end of part three. We've got an Everton fan in here, Robbie. Yes, sir. We've got a Manchester United fan in here. Oh I'm, no, I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> Uh, you guys watched the game on the weekend. Uh, big result for Everton, wasn't it? We, we'll get on to the naughty boy Ronaldo smacking their phone out of the, uh, the child's that hand. Um, uh, probably more than he did all, all game, but huge result, isn't it, for Everton? A much-needed result. Um, I think when you look at pundits and fans across the world, they always talk about Goodison Park being a really um, a central place for Everton, and it came up trumps again. Um, the team were defending really well across the pitch. They got that that goal that they really needed, and they held out what really well. Um, Man United are in a position um, where they're not playing very well at the moment. There doesn't seem to be a lot of team cohesion. The manager hasn't been backed the way that he should be, and um, Everton took advantage of that in a time that they really needed to. And I'm confident enough, enough, just enough as an Everton fan to say that we sh- to say that we should be staying up, especially. Um, with Norwich um, beating Burnley the other night. I know it's very early to say that, but full confidence in Frankie Lampard and the boys. Well, people are saying that that's, that's a great result for Everton. And it is on the surface, I think it is a great result. But th- don't you think it just adds another team in there that can catch them now? Because I think Norwich are only a couple of wins behind. If they can get a bit of momentum going now, I mean, you don't really need much momentum at, at this stage down the end of the table. All that you need is one or two wins and you're back in it. That would be pretty spectacular, though. That would be like uh, West Brom, 0405. But it's happened before. It's yeah, happened before. You, know, you never know. West Ham had seven wins in nine games in uh, 06, 07, the Carlos Tevez season. So, yeah, it, it's happened before. But for Norwich to be so poor for the first half of the year to, to come through and get out of there would be quite spectacular. So, Brad, we had to get the lasso out and uh, drag you in by your neck to come in and talk about your beloved Manchester United in a booth with uh, an Everton fan who just beat you, two Liverpool fans. 
uh, and a West Ham fan, or you don't. Well, that's why we put you two on that side of the table. Um, I'm crying about David Moyes right now. <laughs> I don't, no, I didn't even make the connection. Uh, would you take Davy back? I would absolutely, <laughs> wow. Davy. If you so, hear this, come back, please. What, so, what <laughs> does you know? Does he listen to the podcast? He, we'll, we'll send it out to him. Um, what's going on? What? What? We're 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 two. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum with friends and other people, but. What what can they do now? Do you think is Ten Hag the the solution? Uh well, oh, oh, on you go. I, I just want to preface this, Sean, by saying that Liverpool play Manchester United next, so maybe be nice. All right, sit back in your producer seat, producer Kalichi. Um, Brad, go on. I cool. saw a stat today. Right, they've got five of the top ten earners in the Premier League, and to be honest, not a single one of them deserved to be there. It's shocking. Um, you know, one player at the end of that game. Sancho clapping the fans just shows how poor we are at the minute, both on and off the field. All I can say is big somewhere, big clear out. Let's uh, let's get the bold man in and let's make some differences. Huh? Well, it can't really get any worse. Ho- well, I say that hopefully it does get worse from our point of view when you play us this week. Um, any words, uh, Josh, we'll let you talk. Did you see Cristiano coming off the pitch, that little incident, or, or do we need to talk you through it? I think I've seen a couple of clips of it, but but maybe I need some context, or, or is there none? There's, I don't think there is any. He's come off, they've lost, and I think he had some stud marks in his uh, shin, and I think there was a little young boy filming uh, or trying to take photos of it as he was walking off, and he's just smacked the phone out of his hand and smashed it on the concrete and his mum's put up a post on Facebook with his bruised hand and the smashed phone so um yeah Ronaldo if you're listening you're not but you're a knob um so uh, let's move on uh West Ham you are the team that does not want we'll get on to the obviously the main event uh, for us which is the Manchester City Liverpool game which was just enthralling but uh no one wants that top four at yeah, the moment, what I what happened with this? Arsenal drop points, uh, Manchester United drop points. It's it was there, it was there for the taking up against Brentford, and they just didn't turn up. Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> we, we were that we were that bad. I fell asleep. I I couldn't even make it to the Liverpool Man City game because West Ham put me to sleep with that performance. We just didn't really create anything. You know, top marks to Brentford. I think they've outplayed us twice. This year, they're a really tough team to play. I think Ericsson is like just such an incredible addition. Um, what a story. It's so yeah. good to have him back. Just just shows you know what what it what it means. Like he was sort of you know he's um uh he's he was sort of you know one of those players that nobody really wanted to take a punt on, but you know sometimes someone whose stocks drop that low, obviously not for reasons like other players like mm. Deli Alley, but um <laughs> he's a, he's a player whose stocks drop that low. You know the only way to go for some of those players is up and he's showing what his actual value is now. Yeah, he's, a, he's I think, a player that, yeah, no one can dislike, especially considering the circumstances. And no, no one can begrudge. Yeah, and, and having him back and, and uh, especially scoring that goal against Chelsea last week. Like you said, Brentford are tough. They, they obviously they thumped Chelsea a week ago and, and now um, beating West Ham. So they're coming home with a, with a wet sail. Uh, hopefully, producer Kalicci, our Reds, can come home with a wet sail as well. Did anyone catch any of the City Liverpool game apart from us? Yeah, in my opinion, you guys got lucky. Man City, okay, go on. Man City looked like they were going to run riot. And to be fair, when you pulled that first goal back to make it one all, I thought, oh, okay, we'll see, we'll see. But Man Man City, I think, went easy on your second half, in my opinion. Okay, well, that's a that's a tactical blunder from Pep. Then I would say uh, you probably want to go for the win there. No, it's 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 all. I mean, all the goals and that. But the highlight of the game is that Edison. Uh, <laughs> Listen, pass on the line. I, 
I just oh, tried to do terrible. Well, I just tried to do that uh, playing um, play, playing against the kids I coach uh, today, and it is hard to time that because what happened there is he's gone to clear it, and he's 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 he's, he's just realised he's not got his body shape right, and then he's. Sort yeah, of pulls think, out of I it. I think he's realised if he's going to play the ball, that he's going to be off balance and he's risking you know something terrible happening. So he sort of let it run to the line and got in there. But he knew where Jota was. The only thing that would have made it better is if he actually did a croak turn when Jota went in uh, sliding. Yeah. Uh, Brad, we'll ask you uh, a question you've probably mulled over. Now that City have already won the league and Liverpool have already won the league, you'd, it's it's already been done. Who would you prefer? Oh. <laughs> I'd have to say Man City. I couldn't see you guys win it again. That would just kill me. <laughs> like well, Henderson lifting another trophy. No. I, yeah, he's, uh, it's it's it must hurt now that we've got the the skipper with a signature trophy lift. Uh, I never thought it would happen. Um, what do you got there? You got something for us there, Robbie? No, I've just I want to send a, a special mention to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I think they've went really quietly about their business. Mm. Um, a four 0 win against. Well, I was saying that no one wants top four. They, they might want it. I, I think they do want it. You know, um, four nil well, or four nil win away to Aston Villa. It's, Villa Park's never an easy place to go. Um, Steven Gerrard, quite a, a ruthless character in the team that he's trying to put together. Um, Antonio Conte coming up trunks. I was going to so say he's, what, he's got his, he's got what his a job. And, so and, well. and when you when you look at the job that that Conte's done, and when the Manchester United manager spot was up for grabs, surely he was the name that you would have wanted, Brad. And uh, Brad's nodding there in, in in agreement, but for some reason uh, didn't go and get him. Uh, a lot of talk that maybe that's because it, it wouldn't have worked out with the owners, it wouldn't have backed him, and he's a bit of a uh, throw the toys out the pram type of manager when he doesn't get backed, and, and maybe that just wouldn't have worked. But he hasn't really been uh, helped out that much by the, the Tottenham ownership either. Daniel Levy seems to be back to his uh, tight, purse-string sort of ways, but what a magnificent job he's doing. I uh, yeah, I, I think if he finishes top four ahead of Arsenal, ahead of Manchester United, both with, I think we can all agree, what should be better squads and more talented squads, certainly more expensive squads, uh, then he's he's done it again, hasn't he? Does he win the Managers Association Award? <sighs> no, I think, I think Moisey, no. Moisey's got to win that this year, I think, with the job he's done. I th- no, for me, I'm still I'm still at Squadiola or Klopp because they've these guys have put together whether it's money or, or whatever they've put together two of the best teams that I've ever seen play. They've gone ninety something points four years in a row. Both of them have had that one sort of blip season, but I think when you're that good, I, I sort of agree. It's like when Scott Parker won the Player of the Year. Um, <laughs> He wasn't the best player in the league, but it was sort of like, well, let's just give it to someone different for a change. So, right, I've, so I've Moisey could Moisey could get it if they um if they finish fifth or or manage to somehow sneak fourth. Mate, I've still got a Parker eight shirt that I wear to trainings. I love that man so much. Best outside turn I've ever seen. But um, you know, Moise Moise's uh Moise's had a good season. The the one probably the one mark on his copy block uh copy book is that he, as a manager, he doesn't make a lot of substitutions. So I think some of the tiredness that we're dealing with, especially playing in Europe, some of that is down to him not wanting to rotate the squad and not having trust in some Does of the Does he have options? Are there players that can come on and do a job? It's, it's hard, though. You know, players get on for 10 minutes, 20 minutes a game, and, and they never really play full games. And we've got uh, Nikola Vlasic, who, who's played a few games here and there. He hasn't really shined, but... You also have to ask the question about, you know, do players get the opportunity? You know, we had Sebastian Allaire who 
you know, by all accounts, had a bit of a tough time off the pitch as well when he was in uh, in England. Moyes didn't take to him. He didn't think he worked hard enough. He got shipped off to Ajax and he's Started been scoring goals again. <laughs> absolutely sensational for them. That said, you know, some players are just great in the area of his. I remember Alfonso Alves being, uh, you know, everything in the area of his going to Middlesbrough and being the worst player on the park in almost every game he played. All right. Well, that probably brings us just about to a close. Any uh, Anything anyone else wants to mention from the world of football? Anything that happened this weekend? Probably the one interesting stat I heard this morning is that Eddie Howe has won more points than Steven Gerrard, both managers who came in at the same it's time. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Very different squads. No one wants to talk about Eddie because uh, of the club he's Yeah, and everybody's over, still yeah. treating Stevie like he's, like he's the man on top, but really he's not. I, I think... I, I think when Gerard came in, he had a really good run initially, four or five games where they had four wins and or three wins and two draws or something. Uh, I, I think the mood has, uh, as, as much as we love Stevie, I think the mood has sort of quietened a little bit on him. Um, but yeah, Eddie Howe has done a fantastic job. That's that's for sure. Right, sure. I know we're, we're talk- going on the European football here, but, but have we had any mail this week at all? Uh, no, no mail for, for this week, Josh. Not, nothing from your mum no. this week, Sean? No, well... No, not from mum. No, she, I mean she. She. It was her birthday. She did give a review. You know, she she said thanks to the gang and and all that, but not an official. You know, she didn't email it into the to the page, so uh, it doesn't it doesn't make the the mail. PT Brad's obviously in the studio, so he yeah, was he is. Be, so he's uh, not going to mail in. I've this got week. to change my um, podcast. Actually, uh, that, that's that's not that's not actually uh, quite true uh, because we did get the mail from Balcata Etna that said they want to be involved and get Gabby and and Monique in. So, but we had Monique in already, so we don't need to read read that out. But no, yes. but absolutely fantastic when people say they're listening, and you know, if you do want to listen, you do want to message us. You know, where where can they hit us up? Well, Perth Football Podcast, on, uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, Kalichi's uh, doing the job there on the Facebook page. Uh, send us a message. And uh, also, thanks for reminding me because I always forget to do this. Like, subscribe, rate, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The, the rates, the reviews really, really help us and uh, our exposure. I just found out today on that note, that we'll leave with this uh, lovely little factoid. If you ter- type in, Turpin, the Perth F... Into your podcast, we are now one spot. We're not the top spot. We're like 12 down, but we're one spot above the Perth Finance Podcast. So well done. Kalichi, hit the yellow button there. Well done, guys. I think we earned that. Uh, I, I haven't heard that one before. We were saving it for a really special moment, weren't we? We were, yes. Uh, the, <laughs> just get your fingers off. Okay, we've got to go now. Kalichi's discovered the buttons. Um, producer, he's, he hasn't figured out how to use those yet. And then I, um, I've opened Pandora's box. It's going to be a, a long rest of the year. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Thank you so much, Josh Chai. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. <sighs> thank been, you, Brad. I've been cancelled. <laughs> thanks for coming in, Brad. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Sean. It's a pleasure. And uh, thanks to Tommy. Thanks to Monique. Uh, and... Yeah, I don't really want to thank our producer right now because he's uh, gone off the rails. But thank you. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. We, we won't be here next week. Uh, Easter Monday. Enjoy it. We're all away. Um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. See you. Bye. Say goodbye. See bye you bye. later. Bye. <laughs>